If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 27. Acts 27, on August the 27th. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. It means I'm going to preach from August from Acts 27 on this Sunday. And I don't believe that you're here today by accident. I don't believe anybody made you come to church, or, or did they? Uh, don't, don't, don't raise your hand, I don't want to know. But you're here. And I would like to feel that you're here by divine appointment. That God has a word for you. I do not know where you are in your walk with the Lord. But I do know this, that God is able to meet us where we are. How many believe that? Able to meet us right where we are. We've appreciated so much the friendship of uh, Gary and Vanette and Dan and Mary down, down through the years. And uh, thank you folks for still being our friend, even when you know us, you're still our friend. Thank you. An atheist complained to a friend, Christians have special holidays, such as Christmas and Easter. And Jews celebrate their holidays, such as Passover and Yom Kippur. And Muslims have their holidays as well. In fact, he said, every religion has its holidays, but we atheists, he said, we have no recognized holidays. It's an unfair discrimination. His friend replied, what don't you mean you have no, what do you mean you have no holiday? <clears throat> he said, people have been observing a special day in honor of you for years. And the atheist said, I don't know what you're talking about. Then he said, that special day, my friend, is April the 1st. I know, sometimes I give a good one and sometimes I don't. Just goes with the territory. I, I just love the Lord. My wife and I have been married 59 years and we've been serving the Lord 59 years in ministry. And we, well, thank you. I'll pay you later. And we just, we just love the Lord. Well, Anna's been a friend, too, for many years, too. But she got married, but now, he, now he'll have to be our friend. <laughs> Acts chapter 27 could be called the journey of life. It was Paul's fourth missionary journey. And it gives us the struggles that we have in life, if it is a picture of life. But I want you to know before I begin that Paul, the Apostle Paul, was in the will of God. Now that's where I want to be, don't you? I want to be in the will of God. Have I always been? I do my best. But Paul was in the will of God. 
In Acts 19.20, Paul said, I must go to Rome. And then we read in Acts 23.11, the Lord said, You have testified of me in Jerusalem. You must bear witness in Rome. At this time, Paul didn't know he was going to go to Rome. But eventually, he was going to Rome, and his way was paid for. You can't beat that, can you? His way was paid for. In Acts 27.10, the Bible says that many said, I believe there was trouble ahead. They were getting ready to sail to Rome. Is that for me? Oh, bless you. You know me so well. Thank you. You know, if, if I get dry, it's going to be a dry message. How many understand that? <laughs> so sometimes you've got to give the windmill a little water. How many understand? All right. So would you excuse me while I drink some water? Shall we vote on it? <laughs> some of you are wishing, well, I wish you'd share that with me. <laughs> They were going to Rome. The Bible says in, in Acts, the last, the last verse of Acts 26, Then Agrippa said to Festus, This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. This lets me know that the Apostle Paul was in the will of God. And we're going to find out a lot of things are happening in his life on this journey. And sometimes we wonder, why is all this happening when he is in the will of God? Well, we'll understand it as we go along. And the Apostle Paul tried to warn them before they begin the journey. For the Bible says in Acts 27, 10, he said, Men, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo and danger to our lives. But they sailed anyway. They would not listen to the Apostle Paul. Now, we already know that the Apostle Paul has had experience on the sea. Because he tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have spent in the deep, perils of the sea. So Paul knew exactly what he was talking about when he warned the sailors that this is not a good time to sail. But we read they did anyway. And as I read that particular scripture, I thought about Noah. Noah, you've heard of Noah, haven't you? In the book of Genesis? I thought you had, okay. Noah warned the people before the flood. But the people did not listen. And we know the results. Jonah had a warning for the people of Nineveh. At first, they did not listen, but after 40 days, they believed and they turned their hearts to God. Church, you and I have been warned that Jesus is coming again, and I believe he is. I'm going to believe that. He's coming again. That's our blessed hope. And look at our culture today. I'm so glad that I know the Lord. How about you? I'll say it again. Paul's way to Rome was paid for. So let's begin reading in Acts chapter 27, begin at verse number uh, 13. Now I know it's a, it's a long text, 
<clears throat> Sometimes a long text means a short message. We'll see. And sometimes a short text means a long message. So we'll figure this out in a little while. All right. Acts 27, 13. When a light wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeasterner swept down from the island. And the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave away to it and were driven, uh, driven along. As we passed, let me find it here in my notes, okay. What, what verse are we on, Vanna? Okay. I better read from my notes and not up there. I know, he's getting too old to preach. Well, that may be, but I'm, I'm still here. Verse 15. The sailors couldn't turn the ship under the wind, so they gave up and let it run behind the gate. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cotta, where there were great difficulty. We hoisted aboard the lifeboat being toward behind. You can see they're already having trouble on their way to Rome. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. How many have ever sailed? Anybody? Well, this, this wasn't a good experience they were going through right now. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Everything, they were trying to lighten the ship. Verse 20, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Did you get that? Until all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me. How many of you ever told somebody, I told you so? Oh, come on now. You, you can be honest. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. This, is, this is what Paul, I told you you shouldn't go. To be in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this danger and lost if you just listen to me. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, I like this, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, Don't be afraid, Paul. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. He's in the will of God, right? Okay. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked 
on an island. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weight line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and they prayed for daylight. Have you ever prayed for daylight? I mean, it's going to come anyway, right? But they prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. Listen to this. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But, say but. Say but. But But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will die unless the sailors stay aboard. Did you get that? You will die if you try it on your own. But if you stay aboard, everybody is going to live. So the soldiers cut the ropes of the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul's urged everyone to eat. They hadn't eaten in 14 days. How many would be hungry after 14 days? Much less 14 hours, all right? You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your head will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. The Bible says all 276 of us were on board. And after eating, the the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. How many kind of have a... Uh, kind of have a picture of what's going on. This is why I wanted to read all of it to you. The whole uh, I should have read even more, but we're going to stop right there. So would you bow your head with me just for a moment? And I want to pray. I want to pray that God will use His Word, His Word, to minister to each of us today. Father, We're here today because we made that choice to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, it's good to see everyone. It's good to greet everyone. It's it's good to sing. But we're here today because we made that choice. And I pray, Father, your word would minister to your people today. That when we leave the building... We can say it has been good to have been in the house of the Lord. And everybody said, as I understand the Word of God, the Bible teaches us there are three kinds of storms. Storms that we bring on ourselves, like like Samson. 
storms that God causes are allows, like the one I just read about. And some stars, storms that other people cause, as when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. I want to take a few moments today and share with you exactly what's going on in here in the Word of God. These were seasoned sailors that were in a storm that seemed to be overwhelming to them. They were doing everything they could do to save the ship as well as their very lives as well. The Bible says they cast four anchors into the sea, but these anchors proved ineffective against the storm, and the ship was seemingly lost. However, say however. However, I like this, on board this particular ship was a man. There was a man, and his name was Paul. That's very significant. How many have ever heard of Paul? Yeah, you have, if you've been in church at all. Paul was a special man for several reasons. Number one, he was a child of God. Number two, he was a man on a mission. You will go see Caesar. Number three, he was a man of faith. Number four, he was a man in fellowship with God. Number five, he was a gifted writer because he wrote over half of the New Testament. I'd call that a gifted writer, wouldn't you? Okay? He was a great missionary and a church builder, and he was a great preacher. There was a man named Paul. And you and I are going to learn in a few moments, because of who we are and because of who he was, he was anchored in the midst of the storm. Now, you may not have every criteria that the Apostle Paul had, but let me tell you for a moment or two what you have. Number one, you are a child of God. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Yeah, it's almost convincing, okay? You are someone that has fellowship with God. You are a person who has faith, faith in Jesus Christ. You are accepted by God. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are a person who has faith, as I said a moment ago, faith in the person of Jesus. You have been redeemed. If you've been redeemed, say amen. Amen. All right. You have access to the throne room of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are God's temple. And because of who you are, you too can be anchored in the storm. If you believe that, say amen. I'll say it for you. Amen. Because of who we are. Because we are a child of God. And the Apostle Paul was in a storm much bigger than he was. You may not be in a physical storm today, But you're going through a storm right now in your life. We all have them. And somebody said amen. I said we all have them. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we go through the storm. And I'm so thankful that my condition at this moment 
is not my conclusion. How many can say amen to that? The condition I'm in right now, I'm not going to stay this way. It's not my conclusion because God is going to help me through it all. Say amen. I'm going to help me on this. I need all the help I can get. How many of you are alive right now? One, two, three. Sure you are. You're here. You're in the divine presence of God. You're in the church right here called New Hope because you want to be. And I, I don't know what's going on inside of you, but on the outside, you're looking good. So turn to your neighbor and say, you look good today. If you don't have a neighbor, find one, all right? And maybe that's a, maybe the best compliment we'll ever get all day, but let's enjoy it, all right? <laughs> Most of us realize that life has a way of throwing a curve at us. We're not ready for it. And if you and I would be honest, <laughs> how many believe we ought to be honest in church? <laughs> I mean, after all, we are in church. There are times when we are left thinking to ourselves, Lord, why me? How many have ever said, Lord, why me? Come on, you can be all right. I'm going to still love you because I'm going to raise my hand too. David, a great man of God, said it. Elijah said it. Job said it. Moses said it. Why me? And yet the Lord in His infinite plan for our lives saw fit that we would go through whatever we're going through to help us in our walk with Him. If everything was going our way and we're just on a smooth ride all the time, you and I would become very stagnant. So we need these things in our life to help us to dig in in our relationship with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to grow in my walk. And if I am not growing in my walk, that, that means I'm kind of sliding back a little bit. And in my age, I can't afford to slide back very far. All right? So keep that in mind. The, I believe the Scripture is for you today. Paul, before we look at Paul's Scripture, the, remember, these were seasoned so, uh, sailors. They did this for a living. And yet this is one of the worst storms they had ever been in. They were, they were going to do all they could do based on a man's experience. Now verse 17, the Bible says, they used cables to undergird the ship. Verse 18, the next day they lightened the ship. Verse 19, on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard. And verse 29, they dropped four anchors. Anchors. These professional soldiers did all they could do, but yet they were failing. Oh, but I like verse 20. All hope that we would be saved. Well, no, no, that's not the one I like. I like the next one. <laughs> okay. All hope that we would be saved was finally Given up. They lost all hope. Be honest. Have you? You don't have to raise your hand on this one. Has there been a time in your Christian walk that you've lost all hope? You're struggling. Whatever it is, but you've lost all hope. I'm here today that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And then we read it the next verse. But, say but. After a long absence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have, listen to me, we read a while ago, and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. They should have listened to wise counsel. How many can say amen to that? We all should listen to wise counsel when we need it. But how many always do? Don't raise your hand. Proverbs 4.1, Hear my children, the instruction of the Father, and give attention to know and understanding. Listen. I want to make a statement. See if you agree with me. Sometimes the storms we face are the storms of our own choosing. Because we didn't heed good advice from wise people in our lives. I, I think I am a living testimony of what happens when we do not listen to wise counsel. I'm going to share with you a story. I'm not happy about it, but it still happened. Okay. Years ago, our middle daughter was a teenager. We all go through that, right? She was a teenager. Our middle daughter, we have three daughters. And she wanted a car. Not just any car. She wanted a yellow Fiat convertible. Dad, you know, look at me, those big brown eyes. Please, let me have that car. You know how daughters can be. If you have daughters, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I talked to a mechanic who specializes in foreign cars. And this is exactly what he said. He said, if you buy this car, it will be in the shop more than in your garage. That's the wise counsel, Gary, that I received. Did I listen to sound advice? You know the answer to that by now, don't you? My daughter won out. But, Dad, I just got to have that yellow convertible. And it wasn't long after we, brought, we bought it that I had to take it to the mechanic again and again and again. You understand what I'm talking about? I, I do not recall how long we had that car, but I was so relieved when it was sold. What does that tell you about me? Keep it to yourself, will you? But then I finally realized what fiat meant. Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> that didn't cost you anything, okay? That was, that was free. I did not listen to sound advice. And the sailors in our story in Acts 27 did not listen to sound advice, because they were professionals. They thought they knew what was the best thing to do. But Paul knew exactly what was going to happen, and he tried to warn them, but they would not heed. The Bible tells us that the disciples did every single thing that they could do. Finally, the Bible says in verse 29, they dropped four anchors. And even though the ship was shaken and battered, Paul was able to stand steady and strong because of his relationship with God. I want to share with you a simple story that I believe that will help us understand what the position that Paul was in. A young man applied for a job at a farmhand. And when the farmer asked for his qualifications, he said, I can sleep when the winds blow. 
That puzzled the farmer, but he liked the young man, so he hired him right there on the spot. A few days later, the farmer and his wife were awakened by a mighty, violent storm. They quickly began to check things out to see if all was secure. They found the shutters of the farmhouse had been securely fastened. A supply of logs was in the fireplace. The young man slept soundly. The farmer and his wife then inspected their property. They found out the tools had been placed in the storage ahead. The tractor had been put in the garage. The barn was properly locked. Even the animals, all was well. The farmer then understood the meaning of the young man's words. I can sleep when the wind blows. You see, the farmhand did his work loyally and faithfully when the skies were clear. And he was prepared when the storm comes. I believe that you and I can learn a little bit from that story. As you and I prepare ourselves every single day, doing what we can in our walk with the Lord. Oh yes, we may be caught off guard when, when a storm comes, but our faith, if our faith and our trust is in Him, He's going to help us through it. If you believe that, say amen. So this man, young man, was prepared for the storm when it broke. I have a book in my library. Well, I have more than one book, but anyway. It's called, For Goodness Sake, Grow Up. It's a book written by David Ravenhill. And he makes a statement. Maturity is not measured by the absence of problems, and I'm adding storms in our lives, but how we handle them. I like that. What I want to do today, I want to share with you four anchors that will help us in the storm. No matter where we are in our walk with the Lord, I've been a Christian most of my life. But no matter where we are, if you and I are anchored in the storm, we're going to make it. First of all, there's the anchor of the presence of God. For the Bible says in Acts 27, 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve. How many like the presence of God? We want to we wanna sense His presence, don't we? But I'm so glad that you and I do not have to feel His presence to know that I'm a child of God. I know that I'm a child of God because the Word of God says I am a child of God. Because I have been born again. I do not have to go by feeling. How many are glad of that? Because sometimes I don't feel very good. But I base my experience on the Word of God and knowing that God is with me. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you, nor what? Forsake you. Matthew 20, 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And according to Psalm 23, 6, every step, every valley, every mountain, every storm will be graced by His presence. Well, the Bible says in, in, in uh, Psalm 23, 6, Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I love the manifest presence 
of God. Listen to what David said in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up into the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your right hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You and I cannot flee the presence of God. And the reason is that is because we know Him as our personal Savior. And He has promised to be with us every step of the way. Every morning at a certain time. I can do this. Some of you are not able to do that. But there's a certain YouTube I go to. And it's just worship. And I worship the Lord for about an hour. Because I love the presence of God. And when we come to the house of the Lord, we love His divine presence. That's anchor number one. Anchor number two is the anchor of the promises of God. The Bible says in verse 24 of Acts chapter 27, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Do you hear that? But notice, it just didn't stop with the Apostle Paul. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. They had a promise from God that every single one of them was going to make it safe. How do you feel when you have a word from God? How do, how do you feel that when sometimes when you're reading the Word of God and there, there's a Scripture that really pops out at you, how, how does that make you feel? You feel encouraged. You feel there's hope because you rest in that particular promise. Psalm 19, 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. God promises to strengthen you. How many need strength? You know, through the strong, we need strength. He says, When I think of all this, in Ephesians 3, I fail to my knees, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that you're from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. A letter that Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus. God promises to strengthen us when we need it. Secondly, God promises to give you rest. I like what it says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all, say all, all of you who are weary and, and, and carry heavy loadings, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. A promise that God has given us. God promises to take care of all of your needs. I didn't say once, did I? I learned a long time ago that there are four ways that God answers prayer. You want to know what they are? You know, okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you anyway. It's yes. You've heard that, right? It's no. 
Maybe. And you've got to be kidding. You're asking God that? I just thought I'd, you know, I didn't cost you anything. And then God promises to answer your prayer. It says in Matthew 7, 7, Keep on asking and you will receive when you ask for it. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Another anchor. The promises of God. The third anchor is the the anchor of the providence of God. What is the providence of God? God's providence is God's caring provision for His people as He guides them in their journey of faith through life, accomplishing God's purpose in your life. Notice what it says in verse 25. Therefore, take heart, man, for I believe that God will be just as it was told me. In other words, I believe God. Paul believed the promise of God. Why? Because, as I said, he was in the will of God. Things weren't going very well, but he was still there in the will of God. Paul is saying here, I'm here by God's appointment. I'm here in His keeping. I'm here under His training. And I'm here for this time for a season. It doesn't last forever. And everybody said amen on that one. And then lastly, somebody said, well, praise God, he got to the last point. I think I'm going to make it now. I think I'm going to make it. The anchor of the performance of God. Verse 44. And so it was, they all escaped safely to the land. How many of them? All. All. Everyone made it to shore. God kept His Word. At one time, they were going to get in a boat and try to save themselves. But Paul warned them, if you do, you'll die. You've got to stay in the ship. And they all made it safely. Because God was working behind the scene. One of my favorite scriptures in the Word of God is Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. And I am certain that God who has begun the good work within me will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He's going to finish the work. And God started a work in my life when I was nine years of age. And yet I feel like I still need to grow in my walk with Him. So in closing today, whatever that means, there are three things that we can do when storms come. We can give up. We can become discouraged. Or we can quietly put our trust in the Lord. I don't want to give up. How about you? I certainly don't want to get discouraged. The only alternative that I have as a child of God is quietly put my trust in the Lord. Even though I may not understand, at least right now, some of these days I may as I look back. And I have to know, you know what? 
If I hadn't gone through that fiat experience, I, wouldn't, I couldn't have been able to tell you that today, could I? <laughs> but I wouldn't want to do it again. Well, my girls are at an age when they buy their own cars now, so it takes care of that. But as pastor, it is not my desire to embarrass anyone. So just say it in your heart. How many of you say this message was for me? You know, sometimes I even preach to myself. Because God's Word, even as I speak, is ministering to my heart as well. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please, if you would. You've been very attentive. I thank you for that. You've laughed at my jokes. Thank you for that. But I want the Lord to minister to you right now. Would you bow your head with me right now? Just for a moment. No one looking around. How many of us say, Pastor, I believe that message was for me? Would you just raise your hand? All over. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray for you. Father, These are your people. These are your children. On the outside, Lord, as I said earlier, we we look good. But on the inside, there's a little churning because of what's going on. Regardless of the kind of storm it is. But I'm asking right now that you would solidify your word to our hearts and help us to entertain these four anchors that will help us in our walk with you, regardless of what we go through. I pray that you would walk with them every single day And when they get through the storm, they'll be able to say, Thank you, Lord. You brought me through another one. And I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn around.